Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. So glad that you have joined us today. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Vince Parker. I'm here with Mr. James Meehan. James, hello, sir. How are you? Hello. I'm so well, Vince. How are you? Okay, good. You sound well. You sound less stuffy than the last time we recorded. Is that? Do you feel less stuffy? No, I feel the same stuffy, but I want to talk a little bit more enthusiastically to distract from the nasally thing. Yes, there's that word again, nasally thing. I'm going to look that up <laughs> and see if nasally is a word, but that makes sense out there in Swiss leader land. Do you use words that may not be real words or maybe they are real words, but I don't know. Okay. Okay, nasally, definitely a real word. Okay, but that's fine. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't know how often people say nasally, but now I do. So it's very good. Well, James, I'm excited because today we get to talk about our new series overview. Mm, So come on, I'm pumped about it because this series is called the Bible, right? Correct? Is that correct? Well, so so you change the name on me again, James. He does this to me every time. Yeah, I thought. I thought I told you, because remember originally it was just the topic is the Bible, but then we decided, you know what, let's call this series Fake News or Good News. I thought that was the name of a message for week two. I didn't know it was the name of the whole thing, man. No, no. So listen, so that was going to be the name for the whole thing, but then I felt like that might be a little bit too clickbaity and not clear enough as to what we're talking about, because as soon as people hear fake news, they think we're getting political, and then everybody starts freaking out. So... We decided to meet in the middle. The title of this series that we're kicking off in October is The Bible, subtitle, Fake News or Good News. See what we did there? (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So when I said The Bible and you said, no, 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 that's not it, (laughs) you just wanted to make me, you know what, James? The Bible. Let's just go with fake news or good news, subtitled. My bad, folks. I apologize. That's why I love having fun with James Meehan because mm-hmm. it's it's the best and it's a core value. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's go. We laugh hard, loud, and often. Nothing is more fun than serving God with people you love. So we're talking about the Bible, fake news or good news, the series that we're going to be doing in Switch throughout the month of October, starting with week one, the night of Switch Fest. Which, uh, if you're listening to this podcast at the proper time, it is this upcoming Wednesday night. For those of you who don't remember or maybe don't know, Switchfest is the biggest night of the year where we're going to go all out to bring um, as many students as possible into the doors of Switch on Wednesday night so that we can get them connected in community with others and hopefully connected into a relationship with their Heavenly Father. And this also happens to be the night that we're kicking off this brand new series, The Bible, Fake News or Good News. And what we're going to do throughout this series is help our students better understand what the Bible really is, what makes it special, how we can understand the parts of the Bible that might be a little bit more difficult And then how we can actually allow the Bible to transform us from the inside out. Because for those of us who are followers of Jesus and we have gotten to experience the power that comes from encountering God in the scriptures, we know that the Bible is so much more 
than just a book full of words written by people thousands of years ago. It is this beautiful joining together of heaven and earth, human authorship and divine inspiration that brings us into contact with Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus. And what we want to help our young people do is think more wisely about the Bible, because the reality is that we live in a world today where our young people are growing up in a culture that has rejected so many of the ideas that we hold to as followers of Jesus. They are growing up in a culture that no longer assumes God is real, the Bible is good, or Christianity is true. And so because of that, what we want to do is take a few steps back to look at the Bible in a more holistic view to then give them the right framework to approach the Bible with so that when they do begin the process of engaging with God through the scriptures, they can understand how to do it wisely and they can be expectant for what God wants to do in and through that discipline of studying his word. Oh, that's awesome. I love that, James. So uh, how will we accomplish that? Yeah, so the way we're going to do this series is going to be over the course of four weeks. Week one is really just going to lay the foundation of what the Bible is. And our through line throughout the series is that the Bible is a story that leads to Jesus and invites us to become like Jesus. The Bible is a story. The thing that I think is important for us to continually be reminded of is the fact that the Bible is not a textbook with the answers to all of our questions. It is not a rule book with all the rules to life. It is not a book of inspiring quotes that are meant to make us feel glad when we're feeling sad. It is not simply um, a, uh, it, it is some of all of those things, but it is so much more than any one of those things. The Bible is a story. It is telling the story of God and the story of us. It's the story of God's redemptive plan to rescue humanity from sin and restore creation. It's a story that begins in the beginning and it goes all the way through until we arrive at new creation where God makes all things new. And the centerpiece of this story is the God who became man, the person that we follow named Jesus. And every part of the Bible is pointing to that one event when God entered history in human form and through Jesus, it was announced that the kingdom of God has come near, that through his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. The availability of God's kingdom was offered to us. The forgiveness of sins was made possible, and we have been invited into God's family. We have been integrated into the church so that we can play our part in working alongside God in his incredible plans to restore the entire world. The Bible is a story, but it's not just any story. It's not a fictional story. It is the true story. When we look at reality, when we look at who God is, the nature of what it means to be human and the way that our world work, no book in history better maps onto that reality than the Bible, because it is all throughout the Bible where we see these incredible revelations of who God really is, of what it really means to be human and how the world really works. Now, sometimes that happens in ways that might be a little bit different than we would expect because the Bible is a story that leads us to Jesus and invites us to become like Jesus. But one of the special aspects of the Bible is the fact that it was written by people and it was inspired by God. And that's kind of what week two dives into, that idea of the Bible being written by people and inspired by God. Because we live in a world now where there are so many people who either 
overemphasize the divine inspiration of the Bible and ignore the human authorship of the Bible, that they kind of have this assumption that God sort of just like snapped his metaphorical fingers and the Bible popped into existence exactly as it is without understanding the rich history of these different authors coming together across generations, telling the stories of how God was moving in and through their cultures and situations and all of those different pieces and documents and stories and writings and poems coming together to make up what we call the Bible today. And then there's other people who will so heavily emphasize the fact that it was written by people that they ignore the fact that it was inspired by God. Because the thing that we believe as Christians is that the Bible is more than just words on a page. That when we read the word of God, we are stepping into an environment where we can encounter the God of the word. That the same spirit who inspired the writings of the scripture is still working in us when we are reading the scripture. And this is why the Bible is so special because yes, it contains incredible moral truth and history and stories that challenge, that provoke, that inspire. But even more than that, it is a way that God speaks to us even now here in our world in ways that are relevant and ways that are revealing to who we really are and how we're called to live. Then in week three of our series, we're actually going to tackle some of the different questions that we will be receiving from our students over the first two weeks. Because the thing about the Bible is there are a lot of people who have questions about it. (laughs) Questions like, you know, what does the Bible really say about the age of the universe? What does the Bible really say about slavery? Like, does the Bible actually say that slavery is okay? Because that's what some people will argue. Some people will tell you that the Bible is demeaning towards women. Some people will tell you about all these crazy things in the Bible that they read because it's taken out of context or it's misapplied, or they just don't actually understand what those words would have meant to the original audience. And so what we want to do is actually just give our students an opportunity to ask their questions and spend an entire night addressing those questions. And every single time we address one of those questions, we're going to introduce a different principle to help us better understand how to read the Bible wisely. Because yes, the Spirit of God is at work in us when we read the Bible. So we don't have to be Bible scholars to get something meaningful out of it. But the reality is, is that as students of Jesus, we are called to study the scriptures. (laughs) And there are times where that will take critical thinking, that will take us asking questions and going and looking for the answers. And hopefully when we look for those answers, we will find answers that are good, and true. And then finally, in week four of this series, we're going to have um, our youth pastors at each location preach live through a passage of scripture to help our students understand the last part of that statement that is our through line for the series, that the Bible is a story that leads to Jesus and invites us to become like Jesus. And our youth pastors are going to show us how when we engage with the Bible wisely, we will be stepping into the process of allowing God's spirit to work in the deepest parts of of us so that we can become more and more like Jesus. Because if we are actually reading the Bible wisely, then the longer we engage in that practice, the more like Jesus we will eventually become. And our hope is that throughout this four-week series, we can help create a hunger in our students to want to learn more about Jesus and to live more like Jesus. We're not going to answer every question about the Bible. (laughs) We're not uh, at all going to have time to do all of that. 
but we will be able to lay a really, really good foundation to help our students think more wisely so that when they do engage with the Bible, they can do it in a way that's most helpful and effective for them discovering what it means to faithfully follow Jesus in our world today. That's awesome, James. I love that. I'm super excited for that series. And I think this will tremendously help out a lot of our students and uh, help them engage in God's word more. And that is definitely a good thing. So, James, let's go ahead and jump into our question now from our leader. Here is our leader question for today. Come on. I don't have a way to contact my students outside of Switch in the weekend. And that creates a huge gap for me and the other leader to connect with them. What are some practical ways we could bridge the gap? Mm, such a wonderful question. And I, I think that I can speak into this question really well as somebody who is leading a small group of sixth grade guys, because 75% of my students do not have cell phones. And so the way that I communicate with them throughout the week is by not actually communicating to them but communicating to their parents. And so while that may seem like a disadvantage at first, not having direct communication with my students outside of when we're together on Wednesday night, it actually makes it even more important and a little bit easier to be involved in the lives of their parents. And what we know is that partnering with parents is a really, really big deal for those of us who are leading and switch because we know that parents are not the only influence a student needs in their life, but they are the most important influence in the life of a student. And so if you aren't able to connect directly with your students throughout the week, then I would tell you that is an incredible opportunity for you to be contacting and connecting with those parents and then ask the parents to pass on whatever communication to the students you need to. Because the likelihood that both your students and your parents are not able to connect without throughout the week is, is very, very low. And so I think that's probably where I would start if you're having a hard time connecting with your students because of um, they don't have access to phones or some type of communication or whatever, man, get connected to those parents, get their information and connect with them on a regular basis, because that will help you build a great relationship with them that will then extend to their kids, the students that you're here to lead. I think that's awesome, James. I think I would even add to that. While this doesn't necessarily give you immediate back and forth communication, I think it starts a great bridge that write your students a letter and mail it to them. Ooh, that's good. You know, again, you're not going to get that immediate response or like, hey, they can meet up or they can't meet up. But writing letters of encouragement and uh, things you see in them and how you believe in them and or prayers you're praying for them. It's just a great way to establish. I think it means a lot to the parents and I think it means a lot uh, to your students. So that's another way that you can communicate with your students uh, and connect with them. James, any other practical ways that you would communicate or have thought about communicating with students? Man, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think, you know, based off of the constraints of the question, I think you know, using the connection with the parents, writing something like a letter, that sounds fantastic. Um, you know, it's one of those things where depending on what students have access to does determine how we can best connect with them. Because as leaders, while there might be something that we would prefer as the communication method, that doesn't always work out because we have to be willing to meet our students where they are and speak in a way that they're going to hear. 
And if that means, okay, great, I'm going to write letters to my students, then that's a fantastic way to show up for them as a leader throughout the week. Or if it means, look, I'm going to connect with the parents and ask the parents to pass on a message to those students for me, then that is another great way to do that. And so whatever your constraints are, there's always going to be an innovative solution that you can find to stay invested in the lives of your students. Sometimes it's just going to take a little bit of extra work. And if you're having a hard time coming up with those ideas, then message us, hit us up at switch at life.church, email us. We'd love to be able to process through those questions with you and maybe even answer some more questions like this on future episodes. Man, I think that's great. I think another thing you can do, James, is ask the parents what ways they're allowing their students to communicate. Great question. Because uh, they're they let their students talk to grandparents. They, they let them talk to friends on some way. And so connecting with the parents the way James talked about, but then asking the parent, hey, are there ways that you allow uh, your child to communicate? And that way you can discover what those ways are. Might be carrier pigeons. May not be carrier pigeons. Oh, you okay. never know. Or it could be smoke signals. I don't know. You know? that That's an idea. Probably not a good idea, but it's an idea. <laughs> okay. All right. You never know till you try. Well, <laughs> hey, Switch Leaders, we are super, super thankful for you and super thankful for all that you do each and every week and every day, how you pray for students, how you love for students, how you care on them and how you support one another. I think that's one of the greatest things you do is continue to support one another. And we just want to say thank you, James, again, for all the hard work that you do. And then I want to say to each and every Switch Leader out there, I appreciate you guys so much. I pray for you guys on a regular basis. And I can't wait to get out there and meet some more of you and hear the stories of what God is doing in your life and thank you for joining the switch leader podcast where we decide today the leaders we will be tomorrow